0: And I got this book about the Holy Spirit. I, wrote, I recently got, uh, bought it a couple months ago and I'm reading it now. And John Bevere, he did. Yes, series yes. On the Holy yes. yes. he is yes. so great at that. Yes. yes. Talk about you. the Spirit show.
1: People who know how to understand the technology of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's basically ultimately what it is the technology of the Spirit. Those two like, teachers,
0: I, I will always tell people, they mm-hmm. on their top, on their messages about the Holy Spirit, let's do it. Yes. yes. They'll definitely help you understand some stuff. Yes. yes. Mm hmm. That's
1: and that's it, and that's ultimately it. Uh, but we, we ultimately, I think the problem with the body of Christ as a whole is even though we tell people that they need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit first, how often do we have people who are relationally de- uh, de- um, deficient anyway? Yeah, not relationally intelligent at all, no yeah. emotional intelligence, no idea of what it really means to really be in relationship with somebody, yeah, uh, with somebody other than yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like. Uh, they say that America is the second most narcissistic country
0: oh, I believe it. in oh, the yeah. world. I believe
1: it. I thought it was going to be the first
0: apparently there's somebody the else
1: more narcissistic in America, but they say that. And yeah. I'm like, and, and and you have to ask us we have to ask ourselves, what does that mean for mm-hmm. us in our perception of spiritual gifts, spiritual fruit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and relationship our pl- and, and relationship because it's all perverted. Like, even when you say you need to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, people who are narcissistic or had narcissistic tendencies or have been brought up in a system of people who ha- who think, in a narcissistic way, in a very self-centered way, relationship is still going to be a. Uh, uh, what it's can still, I get from you? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Strings attached to everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Tip for tat. You know yeah. what I mean? I do this, you do this. It's not this is just who we are with each yes. other. We are. Oh, it's okay for us to just yes. be. You know what I'm saying? So even saying relationship, we still got to clarify terms for people. Yes. Because people don't understand. Let me break down what a healthy relationship looks like. No, that's
2: that's so real. And not only do we have to have a relationship with Holy Spirit, but we really need to have a relationship with each individual person of the godhead yeah we need to be able to relate to god as father and creator we need to be able to relate to jesus as intercessor as brother as friend as commander we need to be able to relate to we have to know who they are and relate to each one and not just kind of because i think a lot of the church even though we know that there's three in one relate to them just as god just as one amalgamous unknown entity that's super mysterious. And yes, he is mysterious to some degree in that we'll never fully be able to comprehend him. But he's not mysterious in the fact that he's withholding who he is yeah, from us. Exactly. He's, he's not hiding. He's working to reveal himself to us at a greater level in each person. Mm-hmm. Jesus is always willing to be there as someone who's been there before and knows what you're going through and is your brother and wants to encourage you and uplift you and uphold you. Holy Spirit is always there to mm-hmm. walk through things with you and encourage you and empower you and to correct you and to guide you. God is always there as a loving father who wants to gather you in his arms yeah. to protect and to provide yeah. for you. But if we don't know that and we are we don't understand what a healthy mother and mm-hmm. father-son, father-daughter relationship looks like, what mm-hmm. a healthy sibling relationship looks like, what it means to have a friend and an advocate someone who leads and guides then we can't operate in any of
1: that it goes back to purity in heart you know what yes. i'm saying purity of heart purity means undiluted with other things yes it means not mix yes. with other things you know what i'm saying bible says that they that are pure in heart shall see god yeah you know what i'm saying so our vision of god automatically is going to be skewed foggy all of these different things if we are not pure in heart so if our hearts, what's in our heart is mixed with all of these things that are not of God, it's systems, it's strongholds, it's uh, unchecked thoughts and imaginations that have never been submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, never been cast down by the Lordship of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. All these imaginations and things, whatever, these things are still present in our heart and it dilutes our purity. Yeah. Therefore, we can't see God properly. We'll never be able to see God properly like that. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I always go back to... um. Your heart, like, you, if you can't um, work on, I mean, even relationship, even in relationship, if we talk, go back to the original topic that we were even talking about, if we go back to relationship, ultimately, you're only as good in a relationship as your heart is clear. Yeah. You are only as good in a relationship as your heart is clear. Because when you... When you ho- are holding all this hurt and all this pain, you can be present in the relationship, but not all the way there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can uh, you can be so needy that you cannot, you know, uh, experience that person in, in the way that they're supposed to be experienced. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That person and who they really are. You know what I'm saying? We have codependency. We have narcissism. We have all of these different things that's, that that uh, that we don't actually go back into and delve into what those things mean because. Like ultimately, it's 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 like people go well. What does the word say? I'm like, I know what the words say, mm-hmm. and you know what the words say. But do you know what that means? Yes. And do you know how to apply that to the context that we're in right now?
2: Yes, and and that is so real. And and I've I've kind of drawn this parallel for a really long time. Is that we know the word. By the letter, but not by the Spirit. Yes. And that's exactly what the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes were doing. They knew the letter of the law. They knew what the Word said, but they didn't have an understanding of it, which is why over and over again Jesus would say, Go back and learn Yeah, what this means. Or... You've heard it said, but I say. Uh-huh. And he would correct an understanding of the word because while we know what it says, we don't know what it means.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And there's no no, there's no depth to it. And, as, and, and one of the things about My relationship God. that's really important that we've missed going back to our discussion about the fruits is uh-huh. when you're in a relationship with someone, truly in a relationship, you start to look like them. You yep. start to talk like them. You start to act like them. You start to think like them. Mm-hmm. People know who you're connected to by how you behave which is why when someone meets your family all of a sudden it's like oh it makes sense why you are there yes, like, yes, it makes make connections mm-hmm. when they see the people you spend time with it's like oh i get you now yeah because they see the influences yeah on your life when we are in relationship with people we're we're in a we're we're looking into a mirror and and mm-hmm. receiving from it also. yeah and so When we're in true relationship with God, we start to look like Him, and those things start to disappear. And so we don't have to start in a solid relationship or truly understanding what a relationship is as long as we're open to learning. Mm -hmm. We just have to start somewhere, and God will continue to mold and shape and remove, and it's just a matter of being in His presence long enough, sitting there looking at his face long enough reading the word and not thinking we understand what the words on the page mean but really going god what does this mean what are you trying to say to me how can i enact this in my life how can i reflect
1: this right mm. mm. <laughs> it's real tough <talk. laughs> yeah
0: mm-hmm. i think that um as a whole, on a majority, a lot of people don't think like that. Yeah. And so we don't see the um, effectiveness of it all because so a small, small amount of people see, think and see it like this, but not the majority, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I feel like it is harder these days to reach people. Yeah. And actually, where um, God has, he can actually have true relationship with people. Because think about it, how... <laughs> I believe that uh, God has a sense of humor because <laughs> look at the time frame that the Bible was written. Into who?
2: Yeah. yeah. They didn't exactly. have no technology.
0: They Audience. didn't have no Instagrams, Facebooks, and all this different stuff. That's why biblical literacy is so important. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so like he, he reached out to people and he gave his principles, his, his MO of who he is, his character, all of this, his mm-hmm. word to some people. Who do not? They couldn't even probably comprehend of this time, this yeah. time frame that we're in. They like the Bible seems so irrelevant in that de- in this day and age, according to like these trends and different things. Yeah. And it's like, but it's still true. Yeah. All of it still stands. Mm-hmm. Nothing about it changes. Yeah. And like what it says, what it says is for real. Mm-hmm. Regardless, it do, it doesn't. It's like it's not gonna update like I like our phones do. Yeah. Oh, we need a new update. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not yeah, gonna yeah. update. To the times yeah oh I'm gonna take that part off because this is gonna offend you yeah you yeah. know no it said what' it saying no matter what time from you in yeah seen irrelevant yeah. to you yeah. or not mm-hmm. it's still true and it's like dang yeah you know you, you got this world in this culture who's so used to updates and so quick uh scrolling through uh-huh. stuff yeah and it's like that Bible still says what it says yeah and it's like yeah. whoa and it's funny you how people I mean? will
1: take that and they will tell you I i i was listening to a conversation i really enjoyed listening to people's conversation and really diagnosing and picking apart what's really going on but one of the things that i heard somebody saying who my mind you their original premise is basically that we are gods and that um we don't need a creator because we are creators and we need all of this different stuff mind you but then they take something else and they say man it ain't nothing new under the sun it ain't nothing new under the... where did you get that from mm-hmm where did you get that from? You got, there ain't nothing new under the sun. But where did you get that from? You got that from somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not just something. I think it's in Ecclesiastes. It is. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No. Yeah, I know that, but you got, but he got it from the Bible, the Bible. But they don't know that they
2: got it from the Bible. Yeah. They don't recognize you just how much think the Bible has affected our culture. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. So they think they think that they can just throw the whole Bible out, but they don't understand that the wisdom of the Bible is not going to pass away. The Bible says that you know um not not one word not one Mm jot is gonna pass away that that jesus spoke you know what i'm saying that god spoke everything else is gonna pass heaven and earth is gonna pass away but that is never gonna it's never gonna go no could you imagine though
2: in our microwave society with our short attention spans and our inability to connect on an authentic level god giving the bible to us now giving the word to us now, oh, giving the revelation goodness. to us now. Do you think we'd even be able to receive it? I almost think it was intentional because information travels so quickly, but mm-hmm. we have an information overload, and I feel like
1: Distraction. our yes.
2: advancement has almost set us back. Ooh. Whereas before... The truth was more evident in that it rang true and you could hear and feel the truth. And then it had to be relayed in a relational method because there was no other way to communicate. You had letters, but how long did it take for a letter to travel? And it had to be delivered by someone. Mm -hmm. Now it's so impersonal and there's no way to know the truth of it because I can't see it revealed in
1: you. And Mm -hmm. there's a greater level of commitment in that first. You know what I'm saying? The way they had to do it back then, there was a greater level of commitment in that. And there was a cost to it because of the, process. the
2: culture. But it, the process, but also the culture of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You knew going into it what it could cost you. Yeah. You knew it could cost you your job, your family, your home, your life. Mm-hmm. You knew right away what it was going to cost you. Nowadays, it costs us nothing, and I think that's what's cheapened the sacred is that it costs us nothing yeah and the things that cost us things the things that we have to work for and and and, and that actually are what matters most to us and what we wind up holding more dear and treasuring because i sacrificed for this
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so when christianity costs us nothing but supposedly gives us everything
1: yeah yeah i, I don't
2: have to hold as dear to him it, you know the bible says to whom um Oh, gosh. It says, Jesus says, uh, he who has been forgiven much loves much. Yes. And and it's because we know how much it costs. Mm-hmm. And and it's not that anybody's been forgiven more than anybody else, but some of us have a revelation. A mm-hmm. greater revelation of
1: how much we've been forgiven. Because yes. the sicker you believe yourself to be the more amazing it is when you're healed. Yes. But if you don't believe yourself to be that sick, oh, I yes. just had a few symptoms mm-hmm. here and a few symptoms there, then, yes. of course, when the when the prescription comes, you really are going to be like, eh, hey, I don't really need that that yes. much. But I'll take it just, you know, because. Yeah. But. Yeah. And yeah. so I think
2: zeal comes in one of two Ooh. ways. Zeal comes when you know how much it's going to cost, and zeal comes when you know how much you've gained.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When
2: it costs you something or when you gain immeasurable. hmm that's that's when the zeal comes and and we've lost a little bit of both in this society because so much is so readily available and our own intellect has gotten us so far or so we think because everything truly does come from god but you know we're like, able to erase it
0: like you were mentioning earlier olivia about a woman who fears the lord yeah, yeah. um i remember as a teenager reading proverbs a lot yeah, this is yeah, yeah one of my right, favorite right, books right. listen and, and so um much wisdom. i remember reading that in proverbs and i was like wow and i i remember saying i believe that i'm a gonna i'm gonna believe that no matter what you know i do believe that and uh because i because um in the time frame as i was a teenager transition that's when social media started to come out like yeah. myspace and all that stuff in facebook everything started to get more popular and then you know the music videos that i would watch yeah you know what i mean and all that stuff and then it's like look at the this over sexualization of women now yes like now and then you think about that scripture where it says a woman who brings the lord you know she beauty is vain pray.
1: You yeah, know, beauty vain
0: and, and it's like yeah. think about the things that are being praised about a woman yes. today, yes. but then yes. not even the in of... the church. Yeah, even in the church, and then like not know? the fear of the Lord in a woman. It's yes. like, whoa, is yes. the Bible lying, or is what society saying is true? Exactly. It's like, but no, the Bible is true. Yeah. Yes. and that was written a long time ago. Yes, Before
2: and that's they true because all of
1: this was gonna happen. Yeah. because ultimately, when you think about it, the things that people really want in a wife, they're not really seeking after that. Mm. Yeah. because when you think about what. Fearing God means what begins with the fear of the Lord. Wisdom. Wisdom Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And wisdom is priceless. You want a woman that has wisdom. Because when you have a woman that has wisdom, you're not gonna have all these petty, stupid arguments. Yeah. You're not gonna have a dripping faucet woman. You're not gonna have a woman, you know what I'm saying? Who uh, is is uh, contentious and full of strife and all of those different things because she has wisdom she knows how to apply the word to her situation and she knows how to make it so that we get to an understanding and not to an argument mm-hmm. yeah we can have a conversation and come to an understanding versus just having an argument that breeds nothing but contempt and strife right but when you don't value wisdom yeah don't none of that matter yeah you know what i'm saying and so that's why it says i believe that the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom that that's why it says that you know i you know that um a woman that fears the lord she shall be praised yes. you know charm is deceptive beauty is vain it's mm-hmm. all gonna pass away you know what yes. i'm saying and you know but a woman that fears the lord she shall be praised there's gonna yeah. be a timeless aspect to her beauty
2: yes yeah, and not only is it in wisdom but it's also in the trust that god is sovereign over everything and that this situation can change so i don't have to try and force it to change yeah a a woman who fears the lord is a woman who knows how to pray yeah effectively
1: yeah Mm -hmm. who
2: knows how to lay the situation at god's feet whether it's i disagree with my husband or i know Mm -hmm. my husband Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a situation, or our family's facing this and knows how to support her man in prayer so that he has everything that he has need of because Mm -hmm. a, a man is only as powerful as the God who backs him. And a mm-hmm. wife is supposed to be the helpmate. So if she's backing him through the spirit that God's been God's given her, mm-hmm. now you have something. Now you have power. Yes. You know, one of the most powerful things I've seen is, you know, uh, I saw an image of a man with the, with, with the weight of the household and everything on his shoulders. And the weight mm-hmm. of the job and the weight of the world on yeah. his shoulders. And then behind him was the wife and the children holding him up in prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a woman who fears the Lord. She's yes. the one who will hold her husband up in prayer. And
1: she's not doing it in her own ability. Yeah. And that's where that's where the power comes in. Yes. Because a woman that's trying to do it in her own ability, trying to fulfill what God has called her to do in her own ability, that's okay. going to end up being detrimental to her. And it's going to end up being detrimental to you. Yeah. And it's going to end up being detrimental to the household because everything that God calls us to do, yeah. marriage if, if if God has called you to marriage and and it is a god a a a, a godly concept, yeah. marriage mm-hmm. is a godly concept. God ordained, God originated. It was God's idea, mm-hmm. and if it was God's idea, then that means that everything that it takes to do it is going to be something that we have to lean on God for, mm-hmm. and that means being a wife. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I am if I'm called to be a wife, I better be very well, uh, uh well equipped to know how to not only um pray to not only support my husband to not only be wise but i need to already have that training in knowing how to talk to god yeah. how to talk to god how to receive whatever it is he's asking me to do because i feel like we do this we go into marriage and we just think oh yeah i'm just gonna go and do this but guess what in every other relationship in your life he was already prepping you to be a wife yeah that, it just depends on what yeah. you did with those relationships. Exactly. What did you do? With, I have a sister. I have brothers. I have a father. You know what I'm saying? I have cousins. I have all these different people. I have talked to so many different people from every walk of life. You know what I'm saying? Just about. And when I tell you that God has equipped me because I have managed my relationships well, I talk to people and they think, oh, you only have one relationship and you only this, whatever. What makes you mm-hmm. think that you're equipped to be a wife? Exactly. I said, I'm equipped to be a wife because I picked up on the principles that it takes to have a healthy relationship with another believer. Yes. I'm equipped to be a wife. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I know how to solve problems together. I know how to I know how to disagree, but with respect. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I know how to respect your viewpoint. You know what I I know? I, I understand that type of stuff. But one of the things that uh, shows me why it's so important, why God says don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever is, you know, me and my sister, my, me and my sister, we are so different. Right. Extremely different um where she's loud i'm quiet where i'm loud she quiet you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um what she's good at i ain't good at you know what i mean what i can see sometimes she can't see what she can see sometimes i can't see you know what i'm saying and it's just so interesting how god uses us in each other's lives but one of the main things that impacts me about my sister me and my sister as we matured in christ our arguments became discussions of understanding yes it became Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay let me show you something about me that maybe you didn't understand before and let me help you understand me you know what i'm saying and let me understand you better so that we can come to an understanding so that you understand when i do this this is what it means it doesn't mean this you know what i'm saying i'm gonna i'm gonna address this that type of thing but because we love each other so much and we care about each other's spirit, our soul we care about each other's physicality we care about all of that we care about each other's relationship with god because of that it changes how we do even arguments arguments are not let me come over here and tear you down we are careful with what we say about each other because we know that the words that we speak is going to speak it's going to be a seed into that person we want to see that person flourish we want to see that person Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so we are not allowed to just say whatever we want to say because we know who we serve we know he ain't playing that junk You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? We know that that is not okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? So if you enter even, and that's just me and my sister.
2: Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Family. You know what I mean? But we're not only sisters in blood. We're sisters in covenant as well. Yeah. We are sisters in that way. And when you understand covenant that way, you also can go into marriage with that mentality. We both belong to God and how we treat each other is how we're treating God. That prepares you for marriage. Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? that changes everything it changes how you do arguments it changes how you do finances it changes how you deal with the other person it, it places a greater amount of responsibility on you and your response and how you are responsible for how you treat people regardless of who it is even more so the people that are close to you and God has placed into your care mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. <laughs> like you don't get to talk to me crazy just because we're close yeah yeah, you know no, that's
0: true now that's that's because that's that familiarity right there you know what i mean and that right there can uh mess us up in our relationships and yeah. i think a lot of times i think anybody can attest to falling short in that area yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well
2: the bible yeah. tells us familiarity breeds contempt you know, yes that's true
1: that yeah
0: but
1: yeah. well, okay. it doesn't mean that you're supposed to like be contentious just because you're familiar with people yeah. but understanding that sometimes you can start handling people differently when you forget mm-hmm. they ain't yours
0: yeah
1: they don't belong to you
0: yeah, out of respect and like i think <clears throat> that's one thing that i've come to fully understand because i think with me just with me living with my little brother uh-huh. it's just me and my little brother being raised by my mother Mm-hmm. and uh i have uh siblings from my dad's side yeah but i just grew up with my little brother and it was just and you know me and him mm-hmm. and we were the opposite it's not uh that's the little sisters that would come and take some of my stuff and wear it or whatever yeah. you know so we had two different things and so we definitely learned respect for each other's stuff yeah and so i see my mm-hmm. uncle and aunt's children it's seven of them and uh they have you my know sometimes they, they share a room and then, or they just, like, they take each other's stuff, mm-hmm. or I want to use it, and it's like there's no respect yeah. for each other's things. It so they they, belongs to me, yeah, boundaries. Exactly, so there's no <laughs> boundaries, because it's like, oh, you my brother, you my sister, but it's like, and I would sometimes get on them, like, hey, y'all, mm-hmm. you gotta still ask, can you use their yes. stuff, and then they'd be like, oh, whatever. No, it's like, you know, I think it, that was one of the strongest things that came from just being a, a big sister and having yeah. like a little brother, Yeah, you know, and us being of the opposite sex, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, those are your toys, this is mine, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like we... The sense of boundaries. That, yeah, we got that sense of boundary, But it's like I noticed that with big families, you know, all a lot of those siblings, like, that sense yeah. of boundaries, like, out the window, like, yeah. I need a shirt. give me this. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know, we can wear your shoes and all that, <laughs> and, you know? And that's how it was, and I'm going to tell this story, and Lexi hate when I tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, it you know, it, it's times where... There was one time where... Um, and this is just an example. I don't hold. I ain't tripping about it. I, I actually had the shoes <clears throat> for a really long time, mm-hmm. but I kept them in really good condition so that they looked new still. But you know, she borrowed them, and when they, when, when, when I got them back, they no longer looked new. They looked like a cat had had its weight with them. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, <laughs> so you know what I mean. But it, it's just we often take care of things the way that we would take care of our own stuff Mm -hmm. but we don't take care of things with the same quality of care that that person would take care of them exactly you see what i'm saying that's why i don't like mixing stuff like you can take care of your stuff the way that you want to take care of your stuff but i have a standard of care and for it's not my things. wrong
0: for saying no to a person mm-hmm. because you know how they're going to take care yeah. of it yes now some people think you're doing them wrong yeah I, say, I don't think i trust you with this yeah <laughs> like why are you supposed to love me or whatever no hell you just don't know how to take your you don't have a concept here. of stewardship yeah, like, it's like you don't
1: take care of my stuff the way that you would take care of your stuff you take care of my stuff the way that i would take care of my stuff and that's how we should regard people and boundaries
0: exactly. and
1: it's a biblical concept that i don't think we understand oh you're not being generous oh i don't care anymore. no boundaries means what's mine to take care of is what i should take care of that's called stewardship exactly. but then also on top of that Um, it also means stewardship also means that whoever belongs to the standard of care should be established by that person. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that goes with Jesus Christ too. So even when we get married, you know, when we're in close relationship with people and people have entrusted their hearts to us, they have opened themselves up to us. They are vulnerable to us, all that stuff, whatever. If we remember these people belong to God, Mm
2: -hmm. our
1: standard of care for these people should not be our own standard of care. Mm -hmm. It should be the standard of care that Christ has for them. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Well, and I want to go back to that, that, well, you've only had one relationship, so how would you know thing? This mentality of you have to test drive a thing. Mm. That
1: part. Like, listen she be coming up with the best mm-hmm. topic am mm-hmm. how so, to tell so you here's the thing
2: that bothers me. Each, in, each person is an individual so it doesn't matter how many different people you date mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is how you interact with that person is going to have to change each time because you can't just cookie cutter the process of relationship yes. it has to be based on each individual yeah. and so my relationship with my best friend and my sister is going to be different than my relationship with Liv not because of a different level of love but because we're different people and so we interact on a different level so it doesn't matter how many times you've practiced dating you still have no better understanding exactly with that person and commit to them only Mm -hmm. and a lot of us have a trouble committing to people and also there's this expectation of if you don't meet all of my desires and my expectations somehow you're not the one that God has for me Mm -hmm. but God never called us to get everything we wanted he Mm -hmm. calls he he doesn't give us everything we want he gives us what we need and so that person is what we need to sharpen us and to make us into the person that we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. and we are supposed to be that person to sharpen them and help to form them into who they're supposed to be if a relationship is not sharpening you and drawing you closer to God but only feeding your carnal desires then that's not a relationship ordained of god and a lot of that is lost in translation because we think of soulmates as someone who connects with us and has the same likes as us and blah 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 and it's so superficial that we never get to the deeper things
1: we never get to kingdom purpose we need
2: we need people who are different than us and who have different strengths than we do because if if we very, basically marry somebody who's just like us we ain't going no further than where we would have gone mm-hmm. if we stayed single
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah. cause yeah. God doesn't always give us yeah like you said he doesn't always give us what we want he gives us what we need and oftentimes we don't always totally fully comprehend what we need now what I love is self aware people yes. who understand their weaknesses yes. and they understand that that's not their strength they're willing to get stronger but they value though that when it's a strength in other people even though it's their weakness those are these are the people i think are most equipped for marriage yeah. because you're willing you're okay with being weak in that area mm-hmm. you're willing to grow but you value the strength in the other person yes. where you are weak right. you know what i mean and ultimately that's how it should be in the body of christ anyway but when you think about it is it christ in the body is that not a symbol of marriage is that not what marriage is foundationally built upon? Mm-hmm. Isn't that supposed to be the, like, the example of what marriage should be? But we have taken marriage and put it in such a context, a societal context. We have put it in such a societal context that we have lost fact, lost, lost, um, we lost sight of the fact that marriage is foundationally supposed to be signified by the body and Christ what christ did for the body supposed to be signified what the husband is supposed to do for the wife and vice versa yes. you know what i'm saying yes. and but we don't we don't take those things so you think who who is who are these people talking about marriage and they don't know christ
0: yeah who are these people yeah. talking about relationships and you don't know christ exactly especially if you go back and tell them that marriage is a uh a God ordained thing. Mm-hmm. It was something that God Himself. It was his, was, idea. It was his idea. It His idea. That I don't know if, if a lot of people look at marriage the same if they fully, fully understood. Yeah. It. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? Well,
2: and not only is God marriage a God ordained thing, but marriage is actually a ministry, and it's the first ministry we're called to. Yeah. And so, if we were to look at it as a ministry, then we would enter it, enter into it more sac- self-sacrificially, just yeah. as Christ loves the church self-sacrificially and we would stop looking at superficial needs well she's got to be you know this shape or this size or this that and he has to be this tall and this kind of build and this much money and all this other kind of stuff that's nonsense money comes money goes looks fade you know all these things come and go yeah or you know our likes and dislikes may change over time but if we're looking at kingdom purpose and we're looking at someone who I can serve And I can honor and I can submit to and I can love and I can cherish and I can build up and I can work together with to build. Now we're looking at true foundations of a marriage. Mm -hmm. And you can know that even not being in a marriage. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, well, you're single. How do you know? Like, what authority do you have to
0: speak
1: on? All truth is parallel. Yes. It's parallel. I don't
0: like that, though. People think that just because you may not be experienced in some areas of some things you don't know
1: yeah you know? Uh, it, it goes it goes back to okay well how much do you really know even though you have 10 years of experience exactly yeah. you, <laughs> you you still are clueless about
0: what's really going on yeah because you because uh, I feel like if you really knew what you was doing you wouldn't be having all these rare, rare experiences you yeah. know what I mean mm-hmm. you're looking for something yeah. yeah,
1: that's why you keep doing all of this <laughs> you know, I have a, I have somebody who, uh, who, who told me basically like well you ain't never been married you ain't never did this and you know what I'm saying it's just different when you get married and you have to deal with these different challenges and you have to do this and blah 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 and I was like you've been married and you deal with these challenges you still don't have an answer mm-hmm. so what makes you think that experience is the answer <laughs> <laughs> you have experience doing things the wrong way yeah mm-hmm.
0: That's a personal and issue. You probably got a, a, you probably have a challenge with doing things the right way mm-hmm. because you've been doing things the wrong way for so long. Yeah, now exactly. Now you need to do it the right way. You you're losing your head. You don't know yeah. what to do.
1: Yeah, know? just because I, just because I have an understanding and a revelation of what the right way looks like, doesn't mean that just because I don't have the experience and um, just you know scientific evidence for you. Of what the right way looks like. I can tell you what the right way looks like because I know the, the inventor of the right way. Yeah. If you have a relationship with him and you know him, he will he will impart wisdom into your heart. He will impart a vision. He will give you a flashing of what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? And it's just up to you to really pay attention to that because he will. The Bible says that you need not that any man teach you. You don't really need any man to teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything you need to know. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means that I don't really need a total bunch of experience to teach me. However, do I need to walk through it with faith and work them faith muscles and allow myself to get used to the muscles that it takes to walk that out? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. But wisdom and application you know what i'm saying you don't have to have the application in order to have the wisdom right away
2: yeah
1: you can still have the wisdom and then the application hasn't been given to you yet just because i have the wisdom just because i i have a lot of understanding about you know i don't know about relationships and what it takes to have one all of that different stuff sometimes you you just want watching somebody do it wrong for so long that you know not to do that stuff yeah (laughs) You know, sometimes you just know that stuff, whatever. But a lot of people think that unless you have a PhD doctorate, you know, in certain things, then you can't possibly have an education that can help anybody. Mm -hmm. But God can take you through your own personal syllabus. Where do we think education plans came from? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where do we think syllabi came from? Where do we think universities came from? You know what I'm saying? There was a plan in the spirit before there was ever a natural plan.
0: Yeah.
1: Always.
0: So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know we always
0: take those little pauses in between. Huh? I said, I know we always had a little pause. I know, between. because
1: we'd be actually listening to each other. Yeah. You know? And I think that's how it is. When you really listening to people, you're not thinking about what you're going to say next.
0: Yeah. And then all of
1: us are dropping some stuff. Like, some actual things to think about. Like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah really something to think about one well, day. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think that we should normalize pauses in conversations.
2: Yes, we should normalize that. In other cultures, that's actually a thing. If yeah. you speak too fast, it's disrespectful. Mm. Like even if you I know, know what you're gonna say, you wait a minute. Wow. It's it's an honor. It's yeah. an honoring of what the person said before.
1: Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Say la. Mm-hmm.
2: Pause and think about that. But we so quick to want to say what we know we want to say and to get our point across that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's real talk. You know, that's just real talk. Yeah.